Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When the archaeologists look back for the destruction of Champa Bay, they may look back on uh, this day, which rolled into the night, May 10th, 2022. A day that will live in infamy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yes. And in, in, in order, by the way, Tom Brady finds his next job before he does this job. He announces uh, that he's going to Fox TV as an analyst, NFL analyst, when his career is over, which would seem sooner than later, because why not? He'd get paid more than what he's getting paid now, $37.5 million a year on a 10-year contract with Fox. That was maybe you know the sign of the apocalypse, number one. Number two, the Lightning go into Toronto, have a 2 nothing lead. They're down three games to two. They blow that lead with a march to the penalty box. They tie it up. But then they fall four to three. Now they face an elimination game because they're down three games to two to Toronto. And then finally, last but not least, on the West Coast, late night with the Rays, didn't see much offense to say the least. And Angels pitcher Reed Detmers, twenty-two years old. You've seen Reed no, Detmers pitch before, right? I not. I saw his last couple pitches tonight for the first time. He no hits the Rays, allows only twenty-eight batters. Or faces only 28 batters in the game. Um, wow. What a night for Tampa Bay sports. Did the Rowdies play? Did they dodge this? Uh, I believe they were off calamity? on Tuesday. So. <laughs> Thank goodness. Man, what a day. The, it, it was crazy coming flying at us. News everywhere. Um, so we can get into all of them. Where do you start? I mean, typically you would start with a no-hitter, but I don't even know that that's the most important thing that happened. To be honest with you. No, I mean, I would say it's the lightning. I mean, Brady, yeah. we knew at some point, is going to retire. Yeah. And and a television analyst was always a possibility. Ten yeah. years, $375 million. My God. Now, for the record, we were in negotiations to co-host Sports Day Tampa Bay. We were off by a zero or two. <laughs> yeah. Really, I, <laughs> I didn't know that he was interested in this, or we would have offered him a job for sure. You know, if he wants to get behind a microphone, why not come on here? But... That's not going to happen. So um, yeah. I want to talk about that. He's getting paid 50% more yeah. to be an analyst than he is his quarterback. Nice. I mean, granted, you know, quarterbacks around him are making more than he's going to make as an analyst. He just chooses True. not to so that there's more money for the team. Right. But that's right. crazy. Well, I'm glad he's going to have more time with his family. That's the important thing here. We will get. Let's get into that in a minute. Let's start with the lightning, though, and, and and I do agree with you. I think that's, you know, that was the game that everybody's waiting to see. They had an opportunity to go up there and could take control of this series, and they came out, and they looked like they were going to do just that. I mean, they grab a quick two nothing lead. Steven Stamkos with a goal. Victor Hedman uh, puts one in, and all of a sudden, you know, they're skating and playing the way you want to play on the road to take control uh, of the series, and actually. It was Toronto that had the first three penalties. First three power plays went to the Lightning in this game. 
But no, then, actually, actually, the Lightning had the too many men on the ice first. Did they? Yeah, they had it okay, two fifty one into the game. Okay, the okay, they're first. They're first of too many. They're, men yeah, on they're the first ice, yeah. of two too many men on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it, it anyway. They had they had everything. They had momentum. They had the lead. They had Andre Vasilevsky playing out of his mind, particularly in the second period, um, where they just stopped playing. And we've seen them do this. It it, it just you know, it's inexplicable how you can have control of something like that. And in a flash, you know, they go from up 2-0 to down 3-2 and then manage to tie this game. But Well, in particular, going, they were up 2-1 in the third. Right. They get a power play. Mm-hmm. On the power play, Stamkos is lightly cross-checked in the back. It wasn't yeah. much of a hit. Right. Technically, is it a penalty? Yeah, but they're never going to call that. That's right. For some inexplicable reason, he raises his stick up after that happens mm-hmm. and clips a guy. Right. So not only do you 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 get a penalty, but you lo- lose the power play, at which point you're skating four-on-four, four, and the Maple Leafs score two goals in the four-on-four. Four. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden you go from up to one on the power play to down 3-2. Yep. I mean, the we we've talked about this whole series has been about bad penalties. Both teams have taken. The Lightning took six penalties on Tuesday night. Five of them shouldn't have happened. You shouldn't have too many men on the ice. That's two of them. Yeah. Braden Point and Bogosian both had interference penalties in the first penalty. Unnecessary penalties. No need right. to do what they did. Stamkos that high stick. We discussed. Now he had a tripping penalty earlier in, or in the second period. Make try, Matthew says the puck, he's trying to make a play. Okay. Still a bad penalty, but, you know, it's in the course of play where, you know, it, it's those happen sometimes. So uh, that one I'll say, okay, maybe. But you gave up five penalties you shouldn't have taken. And it cost you. The first goal they got was a power play, which put them back in the game. And, and the building came alive again. I mean, when the Lightning scored two goals in the first six-plus minutes, before mm-hmm. the first television timeout, and the building stunned. Yeah, they're quiet. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a power play that got them the, the goal in the second, and then in the third, you know, m- more penalties and, and like I said, scored four on four, and all of a sudden gave up two goals. Can't happen. And then a bad turnover scores the game winning goal on a two on one breakaway with Marner and Matthews. That's the last thing you want to see. Yeah, easy rebound uh shot and score. Well, he for shot Matthews. for the rebound. He shot it for I'm sure yeah. for the oh. low pad. And if yeah. I don't score, then it's going to be a rebound yeah. right in fr- to Matthews. He came right he buried to him it. and he buried it, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, <laughs> I don't I don't know what's going to happen in these last two games. They they've been mm-hmm. in this dark place before um I guess the last time would have been what the Islanders series. They've only faced one elimination game the last two postseasons, and that was that the right? Islanders okay. game seven last year. Gotcha. Okay, mm-hmm. but they got to get to a game seven this year, so mm-hmm. they haven't done that yet. Um, yeah, it just it, it was it was. It, let me ask you this question because I don't know. Um, I assume it's on the players, but by the same token, there's a lot of different line changes going on, and you you do have people on mm-hmm. the bench, so. Who's who's supposed to control how many men are on the ice? So the first one, so Kalorn's going to the bench. I believe it was Corey Perry jumped on. And the puck comes right at Kalorn, and he plays it. 
that one, you know, when you're making a change, you can't put the puck in that position. But Kalorn's got to know, I'm going to the bench. I cannot play that puck. You know, he's got to know that. But he played it. And Perry was already over the board. I believe it was Perry. was already over the boards. Mm -hmm. So that's on the player, that one. The -hmm. second one, there were six men on the ice. And that happened earlier in this. Was it earlier in the series? It's the third time this season, this but, series. Yeah. Well, but I mean, the, the, there was actually six men skating. Like, they were all on yes. the ice. Not not a line change where one guy no. hopped on and the, before the other guy got off, he played Yeah, they just puck. had too many guys on the ice, period. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, I mean, they actually had six guys out there. Now, mm-hmm. it's on the coaches, but it's also on the player. I mean, you can't hop on the bench, uh, on the ice, till you see the player coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, ultimately, those are on the players. Because the coach didn't tell six guys to go out there. I would hope not. So, I mean, it's, it's it's frustrating because you had the 2-0 lead on the road. You entered the third with a lead, and you're usually really good about locking that down. And then you got it tied up in the third and gave up the lead again on a bad turnover. Yeah, I mean, McDonough uh, ties it up, which was, you know, a mm-hmm. great goal for him. But then he also was contributed to what turned out to be the turnover that was the two-on-one and resulted in the winning goal. Yeah, he's skating up the ice, and he's got to see. He's got three forwards standing in front of him. Yeah. Which means you've got no help, it's and, a there's, and there's a crowd yeah. of people. You, you just got to chip that puck in at that point. You can't try right. to force it. You try to go through him. Yeah, he forced it, and it was a steal, and then it was Matthew Marner's coming back two-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chernak kind of dives in the middle. Marner shoots yep. at the the low pad for Vazzy, who blocks it, but the rebound goes right to Matthews, and he buried it. I mean, that's what a good goal scorer does. I mean, kudos to them for making the play. Yeah. But, you know, it's that's frustrating as a Lightning fan because you had a chance to come home 3-2 to two and, and wrap it up in Tampa tomorrow night. Yeah. But... As the player said, and, you know, they didn't lose a series on Tuesday night. They lost a game. The series is still there. And are the Lightning capable of winning two games in a row? Absolutely they are. Yeah. Now, it hasn't been done in the series yet. But right. nor had the team that scored first lost in the series until Tuesday night. So, you know, just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't happen. So, And, and you know, you've got to assume the Lightning are going to come out with a better effort on Thursday. Much like they did in Game 4 after... A lousy half a game effort in game three. I mean, this is what they do. They've done it 16 times, you know, in the playoffs mm-hmm. the last three years. They've followed a loss with a win. But, you know, Toronto also has its own history and its own demons of blowing leads and, you know, having three wins and not going to be able to get that fourth win. I get all that, but you can't get back to Toronto until you win, you know, this one game six, in, you know, in Tampa Bay. But, but having said all that, um, I don't know. It's, you know something about the way they've started the games. You know they they started this one well and lost. The, most of the ones they've lost, they just started poorly and and stayed that way. This series has been about penalties. I mean, this series mm-hmm. and the officials have. You know, nobody's really complaining about what's being called, but they also recognize there's a ton of penalty minutes in this series. You mentioned the two four on fours uh, that they they scored goals on. They're also on the Lightning side. They had a five-on-three that they didn't cash in. Now, it was only for a little over 30 seconds or so, um, but they weren't able to score on, on that power play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, So they had opportunities. I, I kept thinking if they got that third goal 
a 3-0 lead would probably put it away. You know what John Cooper said was, we got a 2-0 lead, and we didn't need any more goals. Mm-hmm. We had all the goals we needed right there. That if we had just played, you know, played our game and, and protected the net, instead everything, you know, they took the penalties, everything ended up on the back of their net, and there was a ton of four-on-force, which you don't typically see or necessarily practice for any, for that all all night. But, yeah, they just they cost themselves. And this is, you know, another one he felt like they kind of they didn't make them earn. And there's been at least two two of these games now that Cooper has come in and said that game one, and then this one that we just we just didn't feel like we made them earn this. We kind of mm-hmm. gave it to them. Um, and a veteran team with the experience that they have uh, should not do that. You know, you should make teams try to you know make teams beat you. But um, credit Toronto, man, they're they're a talented, talented team, and I I still maintain that if they somehow get out of this series. Um, I think they'll exhale a little bit. I, I just, you know, sometimes you just need to get going. And uh, I, Toronto could go a long way. The Lightning could go a long way, whoever gets out of this one. I, I think the, the both teams are really pretty evenly matched in, in many ways. So it was it was disappointing because, you know, you just kept you kept thinking that they're going to need a fast start. And that's been their, their problem is they've been sluggish after wins. And they came out and they could have had a faster one, and then they blow it. So... And and then you know down down three two they tie it up right there one goal you've got to win you've got a three two lead coming back to Tampa for uh, an elimination game now now you're on the hook for it so yeah, that was that was disappointing and that was just the that was really not even the start of the night as we mentioned we'll save Brady for last but no sooner I was I was bringing my stuff upstairs because full disclosure you know you produce the the post game shows as well as the the regular. Uh, lightning uh, uh, broadcast there and so it's midnight and, and i get this message from you it's like hey uh if you get if you get a minute to come on to Sarah's, it looks like the rays are gonna get no hit <laughs> yeah like, i said i'm home ready to go yeah, but yeah uh rays are coming up in the ninth there being no hit <laughs> yeah and i gotta be honest i've never heard of a reed detmers until tonight but now everybody's gonna hear about this kid i did watch him pitch a rather filthy ninth inning Great breaking ball, apparently a really good changeup. Uh, lefty, mm-hmm. he doesn't take much time between pitches. He nope. gets it, and it's coming back at you. And um, he had these guys baffled, faced only 28 batters, man. He was filthy, and it's the sixth time, one, two, three, four, five, sixth time that the Rays have been no hit. How about this? Three of them were perfect games. Yeah, half so of at them. Least, yeah, at least he wasn't perfect, but close to perfect for sure. And Brett um, Phillips even pitched, gives up two home runs, oh, including yeah. one to Anthony Rendon, who batted left-handed for the first time in his career and sent <laughs> it over the wall. <laughs> I mean, there's a comedic relief in that. I mean, you know, uh, what are you going to do? But 12 to nothing is the loss. And suddenly what was an unbelievably good road trip, uh, right up until they lost in extra innings there in Seattle, uh, the, the final game, has now gotten rather sour rather quickly. Yeah, it went from, what, 6-0? Six and, six and oh, to mm-hmm. six and three at this point, yeah, and now they have a uh, what a three game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Toronto waiting for them when they get home off this uh, off this road trip. Joe Madden, Joe Ma has the Angels in first place. Uh, uh, the night before, it was the uh, the Shohei Otani show with the grand slam, two home mm-hmm. runs. Mike Trout had a home run. They've not been close in this series. Their pitching has been mauled by the Angels batters. Yeah, well, the Angels, first of all, are in first place in a good team. Yeah, very but, good team. Yes, uh, the Rays, I mean, 
you know, you win six in a row, you expect you're going to have a little lull at some point, and boy, did mm-hmm. they have it quickly. I mean, you know, and I mean, Sunday in it, Seattle was close. I mean, that what one extra inning? Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. But you, this you, series hasn't been close so far. Corey Kluber got knocked around a little bit tonight. Mm-hmm. A little bit, he did. Uh, I think that this is an excuse, but you're away from home a long time playing mm-hmm. a really good baseball team. Last, you know what I mean? Like this is mm-hmm. the the best of the three teams that they've played, and you can start to see it's starting to wear on these guys a little bit. When they get back. Uh, they got Toronto winning for them, so it's not going to get any easier just because you're in your own beds. Um, you know the Blue Jays, of course, you know can mash, and and that's going to be a, a, an important series for them. But uh, yeah, man, just uh, not the kind of not the kind of night you want in Champa Bay. I mean, the Rays had it going out there, and you feel pretty good about what's going on until they get you know they get the last game in Seattle, and then and the Angels have just taken it to them, so. Uh, they got one more, I guess. Uh, is it one or two more there? I think it's one, right? One more tonight. It's uh, yeah. 7 o'clock start. It's actually a normal start on the East Coast. It's a 4 o'clock right. start out in Anaheim. Getaway day out there, yeah. Yeah, so 7 o'clock start, and then, yeah, then they're home after that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, and that wasn't even the biggest news of the day, um, which is saying something, but nationally at least. I began my day in a couple couple respects. We can get to this too. Josh Lambeau filed a lawsuit. Oh yeah, so we didn't was, even discuss that yet. No, I was dealing with that. Uh, he's suing the Jacksonville Jaguars over Urban Meyer's kicking him. And, and yeah, since you've added a second beat to your coverage, yes, I have. As you know, I, I mean, cover the Jags. That's what Aspie winners do. Well, yeah, and so I I uh, I got the lawsuit and that was filed. But before that, uh, Tom Brady, it was announced by Fox. Has his next job, and it's, you know, maybe, and this is going to be post-career. This is the open-ended part of it. We don't know when that is. Uh, I guess it's whenever it is. But I would think that with this deal, you probably get to it sooner than later simply because it's a lot safer in the booth, and they're paying you more money. That's right. They're paying him more money to not play than to play. Uh, Brady is going to go to Fox. He's going to work with Kevin Burkhart in the number one broadcast team as a color analyst they obviously have a signed contract a document to uh to prove this and he's going to be their analyst for 10 years 375 million dollars how much money is that well in his 20 what now going on three-year career i think he's made about 314 million or so so this is more money than he's made his entire football career he would make the next 10 years as a broadcaster, as a color uh, analyst on NFL games. Holy moly. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I do want to debunk this because I, I thought it was, it seems odd to me that people actually say these things, but they do. And maybe it's just the nature of uh, talk radio or whatever. But um, there are people saying things like, you know, well, how do we even know he's any good at broadcasting? Stop it. 
Okay? Just stop it. They're not they're paying for Tom Brady. He doesn't First of all, do we think I'm waiting for the first thing that Brady does doesn't do well. Have we found it? Is it dancing? Like what what is the thing that Brady has attempted to do that he hasn't poured um, his heart into? Combine photos? Combine photos? Yes, that's true. That that's not gone away. The two thousand combine photo. Um, he doesn't run the Elon forty. Musk to delete it. Yeah, and if he doesn't, he'll just buy Twitter now. I mean, he can just you know buy it from Elon Musk and delete it himself. Uh, he does. Yeah, he didn't. Doesn't run the forty. I mean, there there are certain you know things within his sport that he can't do. But uh, off the field, or you know, I, I think he married up. You know, Giselle Munchen and. You know, has three beautiful kids, and and he's started a uh, a booming you know TB twelve industry, and the Brady clothing line seems to be doing okay. And you know, this guy has the the Midas touch. I mean, he's he's a rainmaker. It seems wherever he goes, has a movie coming out that he was you know participating in recently with Lily Tomlin and Sally Field and Rita Moreno and such. Um, so th- there hasn't been a whole lot he does poorly. But the idea that, well, we don't know, you know, if if he can broadcast. Folks, he knows more about football, and particularly from the quarterback position, let's just agree he's the greatest of all time. And the way he sees the game and how quickly he can see it from behind the center, I think he'll be able to handle this assignment. I think he'll be able to look down upon the field and say, hey, here's where the ball should go, here's where it went, and here's here here's where it you know it should go the next time. I mean, he knows, and I've heard, and and maybe people haven't been around Tom. If you haven't been around Tom Brady and you haven't seen him in a relaxed sort of atmosphere, and I, and I would think it would be more relaxed in the booth than it is on game day. Um, he's very funny, you know. He has we've seen Tampa Tom, you know, we've seen Tommy and Gronky. Uh, this is not a robotic guy that you remember you know, given spitting cliches, uh, you know, in new England. Um, he, he is a, he is a prankster. He is a, he is a guy that has a great big personality and I can't imagine that you would think Tom Brady wouldn't be good. You know, they were like, well, Drew Brees and, and, or, well, you know, um, there's been some others, you know, that went on Monday night football. I'm trying to think of the tight end from Dallas. Um, that wasn't very good, but yeah, it's not Jason Witten. It's not for everybody. But there's never been anybody like Tom Brady. I would, I mean, what Fox is betting on is a couple of things. One, you know, they lost Troy Aikman and they lost Joe Buck to ESPN. That's their number one crew. That was their signature crew, if you will, kind of like Madden and Summerall were for years and years on, uh, you know, on, on Fox eventually. But you know, so they wanted they had to replace that team somehow. That that's a that's a big loss. And then secondly. You know, he's not just doing broadcasting. He's also going to have a lot of involvement with, you know, corporate sponsors and, and, and that. And so if you're a network that's paying these incredible, you know, broadcast fees to the network or to the uh, league, to the NFL, to broadcast their games, how do you get that money back? Well, you get it back from advertisers, you know. And who better than to have, say, I don't know, Kraft Foods, you know, that owns Burger King or whatever, uh, play around a golf with their CEO and Tom Brady. You know, I mean, th- there there is a value to that. But the biggest thing is they're buying his brand. You know, they're buying the Brady brand. And whether you, you hated him uh, in Miami or in the eight, Buffalo or whatever, 
you know, he I can tell you, folks, because he's been here three years, everything he does moves the needle. Everything he does, much like the NFL is king, Brady, Brady is that way within the NFL. If there's some Brady news, people are all about it. And, and some of them might be, you know, checking in because they can't stand him, and others uh, love him. But there's only one of them. But they all and have an opinion of him, and that's important. Absolutely, yeah, he moves the needle. And and the reason why it's so many people, why is it so much money? Well, because to get a guy like Tom Brady to do broadcasting, which, by the way, I don't know what he anticipates. So there's a little work involved here, and I would think that he would spend the time to make sure he's successful at it, as he's done everything else. But you know, in order to do for him to do this, Tom Brady has a lot of money. You know, Tom Brady has more money than he, he probably ever needs. Uh, he's made over $300 million in his career and probably, I don't know, double that or whatever in, in his off-field uh, you know, endeavors. And then, of course, Giselle makes even more than he does. So is how do you get Tom Brady's attention? You know, because I don't think he's walking around saying, hey, I sure would love to do that that TV thing when I'm done. You have to overpay him. You have to get his attention. Tony Romo makes $18 million. If you come to Tom Brady and say, we'll give you $18 million a year uh, to do this job for you know 20 weekends out of the year, I think he's going to look and go, no, nah, I'm good. If you come at him and say, I'll give you $37.5 million a year for 10 years, now you've got his attention. So you have to, you have to pay to get him interested in, to begin with uh, in doing something like this. Because, you know, we've heard, I recognize my kids are getting older, things I'm going to miss, and, well, now you're going to miss weekends again, you know, buddy? I mean, like, these guys go into into cities for production meetings. If the game's on Sunday, they're there on Saturday. You can't just, you know, learn the the names on the scorecard on the the flight out there. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to do a little bit of of prep work. And Bruce Arians talked about this when, you know, when he ended up – uh, leaving Arizona because of health reasons, and then went to CBS. He said it, it was I, I was couldn't wait to get back to coaching because hell, it was easier. He was like, you know, I'm I'm working Wednesday, Thursday, uh, you know, getting on a plane sometimes Friday, Saturday, getting back late Monday uh, or Sunday night, and then back at it again three days later. And he goes, and the thing is, you know, you're not traveling with the, you know. With the team now, Brady will have a private jet, I'm sure, and things like that. But at at the end of the day, you're on the road every weekend, unless you know he's going to probably live in Miami eventually. They're in the AFC. Fox does the NFC primarily, so you you know you're going to have a road trip every week. You don't have that now in football. Now during the week, you know Monday through Thursday or Wednesday or whatever. Yeah, will you have some family time? Will you be home more than you would if you're playing football? Absolutely. Uh, but if you're committing to this for 10 years, 10 years, if you do it for 10, mm-hmm. now that's a lot of weekends away from home. That's more weekends away from home than when you played, to be honest with you. But again, you're not preparing for football because when he's in the season, he's wall in. You know, he's on the film. He's doing the plyometrics. He's doing mm-hmm. everything with Alex Guerrero. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot more absorption that way than it will be for broadcasting. But this this is a big commitment for him to do this job, and he's getting a big salary for it. Well, a couple things, too, and I saw people going, you know, well, how do you even know Brady's any good at it? Yeah. When he goes to the booth for the first game, it ain't going to be the first time he's in a booth calling a game. Matter of fact, he's already done it because Fox isn't going to invest $37.5 million a year for 10 years 
without of already testing him out. So they've had the trial runs where Absolutely. you watch you watch a game and they partner you with Burkhardt and you guys call yeah, it, right? Or Burkhardt or any. It could have been Joe Buck maybe or before that. Or, I mean, you know, look, they've had him in a studio doing it. They're not, I mean, is it is it fully polished? No, but they're not investing mm-hmm. that without. They want a sound check. I mean, you don't want Jason Witten again. Yeah. No, I don't think Tom Brady will be that, but. No, you know, not a mean, chance. That's. You know, and, and and believe me, they tested Jason Witten too. These networks don't do this. Just ah, oh, we think he'd be good here. Ten years, yeah. That's not the way they dole out money. You know, I mean, not everything they try works. True, but it's not willy nilly. It's not just oh, he's a big name, sign him. I mean, that, right. that's not the way these things work. They've already had him in a booth, calling a game off a monitor, whatever. With and it could have been with many different partners. Mm-hmm. You know, may have had a couple different ones, and and. And sitting in through production meetings and things. Oh, granted, he's been through a million of them in his career as a player. But mm-hmm. um, I want to see Fox do a quarterback camp like Gruden used to do, but with Tom Brady doing it. Oh, I want to see goodness. Tom Brady break down these quarterbacks. How cool would that be? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I tell you what, man, he better break them down the way I did. No, I I think that would be great. And I and I and I've I've talked to Brady enough. Uh, Look, I'm not going to pretend I'm friends with the guy because I'm not. But I've had I've had a one on one. I've had some moments with him um, outside of one buck place, you know, at the Hall of Fame and, and, and different things. And I can just tell you, uh, and his teammates will tell you, uh, he's a fun guy. Like he is not. I still think people have this image of this Belichickian sort of robot. You know, we've seen him loosen up uh, in Tampa since he's you know come down here and found his voice. Um, the one thing he knows better than anything, obviously, is football. And I think the hardest thing for him is is to stand up there, and and this will be the challenge for a lot of these former players. He's going to stand up there and think to himself whether he says it or not. This guy sucks. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna like just give me the ball. I could do better. This is ridiculous. I'm 50 years old and I could do better than this guy. Uh, that's going to be his challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the great players. Now, I heard this a lot. You know, well, Joe Montana wasn't very good. Have you seen Joe Montana's personality? It's a little different than Tom Brady's. Maybe not much different. And Joe Montana, who I know, uh, when I've when I've been around him socially as as just Joe Montana, is really a a, a prank prankster pranker you know, prankster type guy. Has always been that guy that you know um, like to have fun and laugh a lot and and is very loose. He just wasn't that way when they turned the cameras on. Mm-hmm. Kind of a different era, though. You know, for for TV analysts back then. They were well, kind of there to be to be heard and not necessarily seen all that much. Today, everybody grows then, up with cameras in your faces, and exactly. And and how much how comfortable is he with you know? And and somebody else said, well, all those things are scripted. You know, the thirty for thirty. You know, the Tom versus time, and um, you know this last one that he did and all that. Yeah, I, that's true. Uh, it's not like that, but he's not camera shy. Uh, he looks pretty good. By the way, it's a visual medium. Okay. A lot of a lot of ladies will be turning in to watch Tom Brady as well. Don't kid yourself. You know, television is is about likability when you're on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it doesn't matter what you say, and so he's got that going for him in spades. Um, so I I I can't imagine that you would, that anyone would think he's not going to be good at this. You know, for for the way he sees the game. Even Byron Leftwich said, you know, once you understand how he sees the game, to be able to relate that, who wouldn't want to watch a football game with Tom Brady every week? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the, you know, the Manning broadcast that they and yeah. not just not just the the ES, the Monday Night Football ones, but the the shows he does mm-hmm. breaking down players and games. 
for ESPN yeah. Plus is fantastic. Fantastic, yeah. The stuff you learn on that, and, yeah, and and how you know the quarterbacks are making plays and setting up plays, and mm-hmm. you learn so much because I mean, who knows it better than Peyton Manning? Yeah, maybe Tom but, Brady, but beyond that, there ain't many. <laughs> but they're the only two on that level. And in fact, to the point, to that point, they and Clyde Christensen has talked about talked about this, and I've written about it. Like during their careers, when they were both you know, into their thirties and they, they were obviously very big rivals uh, with Indianapolis and, and the Patriots. Um, they got together and had sort of a summit, uh, you know, and, and Manning had Brady uh, somewhere in the mountains uh, in Tennessee someplace. And they, they golfed and they uh, did different things, but mostly they, they talked about football and they felt like, they're the only two guys who can understand what each was going through. Iconic quarterbacks who are who you know were MVPs, expected to win Super Bowls every year, uh, bigger than just you know another teammate or another quarterback on on the team. They were transformative, not just for their organizations, but for the league. And they got together, and and this was you know during the the height of their rivalry, and and talked football, talked ball. Uh, and I I think they do share a lot of a lot of similar traits now manning is very deadpan he's he's hysterical you know he has it's just a tremendous sense of humor but they both can dole out some shots i mean you just watch and i know he's got help right it's not tom brady coming up with some of these zingers but his social media game has really stepped up um so so he's he's kind of been moving towards you know this this sort of you know sharing with his personality but listen i mean i want to know how how tom brady sees the game I want to know if Kevin Burkhart, when a big play is going to happen, is going to go, Tommy? <laughs> that's right. Gonna, that's exactly right. <laughs> oh, this is what he's going to do, Jim. They're going to go to the slot, and they're going to run a little uh, swing pass here, and then this guy's going to run the dig across. And they're, here, 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 look, here it comes, Jim. Tony? You know, like, so I I don't know that he's going to call the play before the play. Like, I would, I, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I, I just, I want to see Tom be Tom. I just, you know, that's good enough. Uh, give me your little snarkisms after every play. Uh, tell me when a guy's good or not, or if he sucks, say he sucks. Uh, you know, don't don't try to sugarcoat it with with some of these guys. And you know, he's familiar with with you know every defense. He's familiar with everything that teams are trying to do to quarterbacks. He just understands the position, and no one has played it or seen the game like him. And you know, Clyde Christensen said, you know, if you told me that Tom Brady says he's going to be a plumber. I would tell you he's going to be one of the best plumbers that ever lived. You know, like he can do anything and he does it really, really well because that's just his DNA. You know, he, he's not going to he's not going to attempt something that he can't be great at. Uh, and if he's not great at it, he's going to work his butt off until he is. So, yeah, this this notion that well he hasn't done any brought stop it, stop it. He's Tom Brady. He doesn't have to. They're paying they're paying because they know you want to see him, you know, and hear him uh, about talking about football. Who would you rather hear football from? I mean, there really isn't that many people that can that can stake claim to what he knows. So, uh, and I, I do believe too that if Fox is announcing this now, they obviously have his name on a contract. Uh, they've agreed to terms and all of that. I know it says when he's done playing. Now, presumably, that could be when he's fifty or older, but I think he's going to get to this job quicker than not. And this leads me to believe that this could happen next year, that that we, may, we might well be watching. And I know there's been talk, Mike Florio was 
was quick to say, hey, this doesn't change anything about him maybe wanting to play more than this year and going to Miami and leaving the Bucks. Okay, it, that yes, that could happen. That might have been something he was he was pining to do. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think this would really solve a lot of things for him in that he wants to be around the game. You know, he, he doesn't want to totally, and, and there are, look, there are guys that did, there are guys that just like, when I'm done playing, I, you know, I'm not going to broadcast because it's too much work. I've made too much money. I think Brady is the opposite. I think Brady's concern was, what do I do with myself in the fall? You know, how, how do I, how, how do I stay? And the fact is right now he can still really play. He just had a hell of a year at age 44 and he thinks he can do it until he was 50, but it doesn't make sense for his life. So how does he how does he find that scratch that itch, and maybe ownership would have done that or uh, I know he didn't want to be a general manager necessarily but you know uh, would playing for a third franchise in Miami do it for him for one more year before he leaves maybe but I think this job uh, which will give him a chance to be around the game probably more than he realizes with with uh, you know road games and every other every week. Uh, but I think this this gets him out of the house, okay? Uh, it gets him time with his kids and, and his other businesses more than when he was a player during the week. Um, but it still keeps him relevant in the game. And if you're the number one broadcast team on Fox, on the NFL on Fox with, with Kevin Burkhardt, who's very, very good, I bet the guy that was probably the most disappointed was Greg Olson, who's his current partner. <laughs> you think? He's like, he's like hey, uh, so who am I going to be with now? You know, like after he comes, that guy comes back. But sorry, sorry about that. Um, yeah, you're going to have to go to another team. Uh, I want to see the down. first uh, Fox broadcast in New England. Oh, my. That's right. The hoodie. Tommy's got to go into production meetings with Belichick. Well, and and will he be critical of Belichick? You know, mm-hmm. will, he, will he will he tell story? And that's the other thing. He's got twenty two years of stories to tell. You know, twenty two years, twenty going on twenty three years of stories to tell. Actually, um, about other players, other coaches, organizations, places he's been, games he's played in. I want to hear all of it. You know, and we got ten years to hear it. I mean, what what's a what's better TV than that? And, and will Gronk be his sideline reporter? <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't think so. You know, like Tony Saragusa used to, you know, maybe just That's be on right. the field as the, the third guy in the booth. That's right. <laughs> hey, Tommy, these guys down here, man. Yeah, it, the only, uh, somebody said, uh, you know, for him to be on this show, he'd have to do impressions, but he, he does do a really good gronk. He's got gronk down. <laughs> you know, he does. Hey, dude. Um, he's got him down. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it just sort of says to me that, and, and I was on with Rich Eisen uh, yesterday, and he goes, he goes, well, and by the way, he goes, How, wouldn't this be a great ending? He wins the Super Bowl in his final year this year with Tampa, uh, and the Super Bowl is televised by Fox. <laughs> and I go, is it really? He goes, yep, it's Fox. Fox has the game. And I go, maybe so, that's why he know, came back this year to help Fox's ratings for the Super Bowl, and then, and then, and then they just they hand him the golden, hand him the trophy and a golden microphone, and yeah. say, you're done. Thank you very much. And he can broadcast his own. All right, now Tom Brady is here, the MVP. We're going to talk to me. I'm going to interview myself, Tom Brady. Here's what I think I did, and he can take right over, right on the field with uh, with Kevin. So, yeah, crazy happening. What a day! What a day in Tampa Bay. My goodness. And then you're breaking Jaguars news, Josh Lambeau. I am. I am breaking Jaguars news, Josh Lambeau. And typically, you know, when players uh, 
have a grievance, right? They they go through the union. I mean, that's what the collective bargaining agreement says is that you're going to settle things, disputes about contracts, what you're owed, um, termination, things like this. You agree as a union to settle that through arbitration or through a process with the union and the, the NFLPA and, and the league and such. Not Josh Lambeau. He took it a step farther. Uh, if you recall, and, and you missed the story last year that uh, we published just hours before the Jags decided to terminate Urban Meyer, uh, Josh Lambeau was uh, what is like the fourth most accurate kicker in NFL history. And he, of course, was playing for the Jaguars and had missed a couple of field goals in the first couple of preseason games. They're getting ready to play Dallas in, in what was, I think, the final preseason game. And um, that's when uh, Urban Meyer... Uh, came up to him and and he and he was in a lunge position and Meyer kicked him uh, in 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 the leg. Now uh, Meyer has not denied that. Neither has the players that watched it. It's really the degree to which uh, he may have uh, may have struck him. But nonetheless, uh, he then you know profanely told him you know not to miss any more bleeping kicks and and then that continued the next day uh, when they encountered each other uh, in the lunchroom or whatnot. And so, I mean, eventually, you know, Lambeau missed three field goals after that, and he was cut sometime in October. Uh, I think he was maybe one of the only players they did cut the whole season, to be honest with you. But be that as it may, uh, a lot of verbal abuse, a lot of things that went down between the two. And so he is suing Meyer, or actually suing the Jaguars, not Meyer, but suing the Jaguars um, for – uh, under the Whistleblowers Act, uh, because uh, there was retaliatory, um, you know, sort of punishment for him, meaning his release. He wants his his salary, which was three and a half million dollars, some damages for uh, pain and suffering, and you know, stuff like that. Uh, and he's documented that you know he reported this in real time. Going back to the story I wrote, you know, he he contacted his agent when it happened. The agent had conversations with the Jaguars legal counsel. Nothing ever came of that. Uh, there was never, they didn't bring him in to talk to him. They didn't bring, uh, if they brought Meyer in, he was unaware of it. Uh, of course, Meyer sort of, you know, hung himself a little bit, to say the least, with a bunch of incidents that he had with the Jaguars. And eventually, when this story came out, uh, I remember uh, we published it sometime around 5 o'clock, on, I want to say on a Wednesday. They had lost uh, that previous Sunday, of course, and they were 2-11. and 11. And Meyer... You know, was with the team on Monday, player stays off Tuesday, goes out there on Wednesday, conducts practices and game plans, goes out there Thursday, I think, uh, and was going to do the same. Uh, and then our story came out. Uh, he left practice. Uh, I got letters from his lawyers, all that stuff. And, you know, like I said, really didn't deny it, just denied that the, the, the he felt like it was embellished, the whole story was embellished and whatnot. Well, no matter whether it was that the last straw or uh or 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 what um about 12:45 the next morning after the story had been published that afternoon uh, the jaguars did in fact fire urban meyer uh you know and and presumably for a list of things and then shad khan came out and said no 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 it it had nothing to do with the lambo thing i was you know, we were going to fire him after sunday's game but you know uh it was just the, the combination of things and and Really didn't have a good reason why he let the guy game plan for a game that he wasn't going to coach. So uh, this might actually hap- ha- help Shad Khan because 
Khan fired him with cause, meaning that he didn't want to pay the remainder of his salary. And that, of course, is going to be uh, lawyers will be involved with that. So uh, Josh Lambeau, uh, you know, wants his back pay, uh, you know, and there's discovery that would be involved. I think the Jaguars, and I'm not predicting exactly what's going to happen, but I think in this case uh, they'll ask for the for it to be dismissed because, uh, you know, they have a collectively bargained agreement with the players union of which Lambeau is part of that says, you know, disputes like this would be settled, um, you know, through the union and the CBA. Uh, so a judge could look at that and say, yeah, that's true. You know, this is not, this is not for the circuit court here in Duval County. Um, or, uh, a judge could say, well, wait a minute. Um, you know, you had a hostile work environment and that's sort of the, the point that, you know, that Lambo's making, and he wants to depose a lot of players, uh, well, not players, but he wants to depose Meyer and get records of, of uh, you know, text messages and, and uh, videotape or audio tape of interviews and things that Meyer has done um, along these lines that might have involved other players, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that have similar problems with him. So it, it's not something that, it's, it's not a, uh, it's not a can of worms necessarily. The Jaguars want to reopen with uh, with Josh Lambeau, uh, and I and I think that they would be wise just to pay him his money uh, and make him go away, as most teams do. But then you don't want to set the precedent either that every time a player is cut, he he claims that you know there was uh, something untoward that went on. But we know that Meyer, uh, to say the least, made a lot of mistakes, and this isn't going to help him uh, necessarily. You know, have it all trot out in a civil civil court uh, and, and a parade of players and things and, and coaches and administrators. So I don't know where it's headed, but Lambeau filed the suit and a lot of people had varying opinions about that, but um, it did get some attention and we'll see what the Jaguars response. They have not had a response because I don't believe they've had a chance to really view uh, the entire lawsuit just yet. I've left messages for them and did not hear anything back from them, um, you know, as of, as of late Tuesday, early Wednesday morning. So, We'll see what they do going forward. We're going to have Matt Baker tomorrow. He's our college football writer for the Tampa Bay Times, and we're going to talk about name, image, and likeness uh, and how it has completely kind of messed up <laughs> college football, college sports in general. Uh, I, I think more money in the athlete's hand is a good thing, but how you, how you uh, regulate this monster and, and uh, what it has done to the transfer portal and other things is certainly something he has a lot of thoughts about. So we'll get his thoughts about that. And then, of course, on Thursday, the NFL schedule is released. We'll find out when and where the Bucks are playing, how many national TV games. And the Lightning, it's their elimination game, uh, game six at Amelie Arena against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And hopefully uh, things will look better than they did on this day. Wow, what a day for Champa Bay. This might be where the bloom came off the rose. We'll have to see. Thanks for listening. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. for Steve Burstick. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 